right, the first Sunday's in the books. Here we go. Welcome to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast. And my name is PJ Janky, and I am Just a Guy Talking Football. All right, here we go. We're going to review um, the Sunday games. Going to give you a little blurb about each game, see what we got going on here. We'll review my picks and we'll give you the Monday night picks for this evening with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. All right, here we go. So, yesterday, let's see how just a guy talking football did with his picks. Straight up winners. I went 9 and 5 against the spread. Hope you didn't listen to me. I was 6 and 8 and on the over/unders, I was shooting 50%. I was 7 and 7. So, let's go over a couple of the games, or all the games that went on yesterday. We're going to start off with probably the most exciting game that there probably was yesterday. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was busy watching the Bears losing. Um, But the Miami Dolphins versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Miami won this game 36-34. Couple things that stood out to me while I watched some of the highlights and looked at the score. I uh, looked at the stat sheet. Tua, Tua time, baby. Four hundred sixty-six yards passing, three touchdowns total, one interception. He did have a couple fumbles. He did lose one, but my goodness, Miami Dolphins put up five hundred thirty-six total yards of offense. That is just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Tyreek Hill went and had himself a day. He had 11 receptions on 15 targets, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. You know what? If we look at the Chargers, they only lost by two points. They were playing at home. This is kind of typical Chargers fashion to me, really, is that they're going to fire away with you, but at the end, they just don't have enough to uh, keep up. Herbert had him, you know, just did okay. 228 yards passing, um, but on the ground... The Chargers had 234 yards of rushing. That's just pretty crazy. Eckler put in 117 yards himself. But the main thing that I'll say here is Miami is who I thought they were. They are a force to be reckoned with. They've got super, super talented roster. The one thing that I'd be worried about if I'm Miami is I've got Vic Fangio now. When am I going to see... The results from the Vic Fangio defense. Now, they did have three sacks. That's all well and good. And they did make a play at the end so to hold on to the victory. So that's all you, that you can really say there. But moving right along, let's go to the other game of the morning. That uh, Probably the other team that looks very, very solid was the San Francisco 49ers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. San Francisco won this game pretty red handily 32-7. Now, before the season, Pittsburgh definitely in the preseason looked like it was going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I'll be honest with you, going in to Pittsburgh is never an easy mission for anybody. But the Niners made it look easy. Their defense, frankly, looked scary. The team in general looked in midseason form. Brock Purdy was solid. He had 220 yards passing. He had two touchdowns. He did lose a fumble. 
Um, which, you know what, that happens when T.J. Watt's running against you too because that's about the only person that did any any noise on the Steelers' side was T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt had three sacks by himself. But you know what? In the end of the day, McCaffrey being healthy, Brock Purdy being healthy, they were just, Niners were just running away with it. McCaffrey had 152 yards rushing. He had a touchdown. I mean, this was just a Niners game from start to finish. The only thing I can really say about the about the Pittsburgh Steelers is they spread the ball around to a lot of different receivers, but they just, you know, watching the game early on, they didn't seem like they had any rhythm. Pickett looked a little confused. Now, I'm not going to blame him. That Niners defense is pretty scary, and I'd be pretty confused myself. So take that as you can, Kenny. I think you're going to still have a good season. I think they'll bounce back in the next upcoming weeks. But really, the Niners, I would say wholeheartedly with the Dolphins looked in midseason form, putting up huge numbers on offense. Okay, let's move around here and then let's go to a couple surprise games from the morning where uh, just as in surprise outcomes. Uh, I think the one that probably surprised people the most was um, Cincinnati versus Cleveland. And Cleveland took that game down 24 to three. The time of possession... Heavily in um, Cleveland's favor, 35 minutes just to 24 minutes on Cincy's side. Um, Burrow, I mean, Burr, wow. And I mean, wow in a bad way. I mean, 82 yards passing only. Now, it was a rainy day. I get it. But there's not much else to say about the about the Bengals' offense. I can't even talk about it. They had 142 yards total offense. That's it. That's it. Now, I'm not going to say Cleveland blew the, uh, blew the doors off anybody really either. Watson had 140, 54 yards passing. He had a touchdown. Chubb had himself a day. He had 18 carries, 106 yards rushing. But, I mean, Burrow is now 1-6 and six all time against Cleveland. So that just goes to show you what you're kind of dealing with there. It was a very big shocker. It definitely looked like to me, and what I watched of it, is that Burrow didn't look like he played much of the preseason. Now, I know what you're going to say, PJ. He didn't play much of the last two preseasons. But this was this was a shocker, to say the least. He, I just couldn't believe that he he played that bad. But you know what? Hats off to Cleveland. They came to play. You know, let's see what happens. It's, gonna be, it's, a, it's a crowded AFC North division. That's to say the least. Okay, we're going to move right along here. We're going to talk about another... Um, um, one of the other games that uh, was a little interesting to me, which was uh, Baltimore versus Houston. Now, Baltimore, I really thought was going to blow the doors off of Houston. Now, I know the score shows that Baltimore won 25-9, so they did cover, but they did not. This was an ugly win by Baltimore. For all this talk about bringing Todd Munkin to be your offensive coordinator and everything's just going to jive and and, and Jim, Lamar Jackson's just going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, that is not the case. Lamar had two fumbles. He lost one. He had an interception. He only had 169 yards passing. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest shine spot here for Baltimore, I would say, is welcome to the league, Zay Flowers. Nine receptions, 78 yards. He did have 10 targets, so obviously he's uh, becoming a favorite of Lamar Jackson's for target-wise. Beckham, Beckham threw in a couple things there, too, but I think overall, Baltimore struggling to beat this Houston team. I mean, the score was 15-9 to, to nine for the longest time, or 15-6. to six. It just... 
it just was really shocking to me that Houston hung around that long with Baltimore. Houston, Houston did put in a decent defensive performance, but on the offensive side for such a young team, like I said in the preseason power rankings, this is a work in progress, guys. Stroud's going to need some time. This team needs time in general. I do like D'Amico Ryan. I think he'll be okay, but that just was a shocker to me. I mean, it seemed like that Baltimore just had a hard time being Houston. It's just a little shocking. So, okay, moving right along. Let's go to the um, one of the games of the afternoon, and uh, let's go to Philly versus New England. Philly ended up winning that game 25-20, to 20, spoiling Tom Brady's uh, little halftime ceremony there um, in New England. Uh, Philly, to be honest with you, ran the ball pretty well, and Philly did what Philly usually does, as we saw him do last season, and that is... They started off like a firecracker. Boom! They're up right away. They're up 16-0. I mean, before you could even blink, it seemed like they were up 16-0. But then right after that, they just slowed down just like they did all of last season. I mean, they are incredibly... It's a worrisome thing for me with Philly. And it was a worrisome thing last year that they just... They are not a strong second-half team. They do not do a lot of the scoring after the halftime. They do definitely do not do a lot of scoring in the fourth quarter. They ended up holding on to win 25-20. Um, you know, the only thing I could really say about the uh, Philadelphia offense that was kind of shocking to me was that Kenneth Gainwell had the most, uh, he had 14 carries. De- uh, De- uh, DeAndre Swift, who was uh, prized, uh, I guess I can't call it, you know, free agency. No, it was a trade acquisition. He had one carry. And all the experts were saying that he's going to be the leader of the backfield. Well, that's kind of shocking to me. So, obviously, something to keep your eye on there. Gainwell's been with the team for a while. So, he had 14 carries. Uh, The big other news on the other side of the ball was New England did not give up after being down 60-0. And Bill O'Brien on that offense, uh, calling that offense for for the Patriots. Mac Jones... 316 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. They did get, get uh, put on three sacks on Jalen Hurts. So, you know what? Maybe things are looking up a little bit in New England. Philly's definitely not an easy team to uh, have your season start off with. So, it's kind of a wait and see. I'm not going to try to overreact with too much of this stuff on uh, <laughs> for uh, overreaction Monday, as they kind of say. But you can't help it with some of the teams. All right. Let's go to one of the games in the morning. We had Jacksonville versus Indy, another division um, showdown. Jacksonville ended up winning this game 31-21. Now, one thing that I would say about this game is that you saw uh, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine to me, is uh, 241 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and welcome to Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley. Now, he was suspended all year last year for for gambling purposes. He came back with a vengeance. Eight receptions on 101 yards, one touchdown, and he had 11 targets. Uh, The only thing I'll say about Jacksonville is they better watch the fumbles. They only lost, like, one fumble, but they had, like, five or six. It was a little concerning to see on the stat line. Uh, Travis Etienne was solid. 18 carries, 77 yards. Uh, four wide receivers with at least five receptions. So they're spreading the ball around. Doug Peterson is is pretty masterful at that. So that's pretty good about that. 
Uh, Indy, Richardson, not definitely not a bad start. 223 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. He did carry the ball 10 times for 40 yards and a touchdown there. Um, but other than that, that was about it on the offensive side for Indy. Uh, Michael Pittman had a decent game, eight receptions, 97 yards. But, I mean, Indy held in there for a little while, but Jacksonville just started turning it on in the end. And I think that's, you know, I, I did pick Indy to win. I just thought division rival playing at home might give them the extra boost. But you know what? Turns out Jacksonville just had to, way too many talented players. So what can you do? Okay, let's move right along here. We're going to go to the Tampa Bay-Minnesota game. I watched quite a bit of this one. Tampa Bay ended up winning this game 20-17. to um, The big thing that I that I saw was too many turnovers from Cousins. Very too many. Uh, you know, a little shaky on, on the offensive line play. A couple sacks, a couple fumbles. You know, Minnesota's first quarter is, is, is pretty much a dagger for them. This is how their possessions went in the first quarter. Uh, punt. Fumble, fumble, both of those fumbles recovered by uh, by Tampa, and another punt. So there you go. That first quarter, you know what? They weren't in that big of a hole after that. I think it was only 3 nothing, but still, you're not putting up any points. And especially in a game that was only 20-17, to 17, I think all those points are very crucial. All right? Um, the one thing that I'll say about the Minnesota offense, too, and, I, you know, I'm not beating up on Kirk Cousins. He did throw for 344 yards. Justin Jefferson had himself a day. Um, Madison, their running back, 11 carries, 34 yards. Are they missing Dalvin Cook? I don't know yet, but uh, I'm going to tell you this, that Dalvin Cook uh, maybe would have supplied a little bit more offense in there to uh, help out. Um, Buccaneers, Baker, you know, nothing right home about 173 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. Um, Mike Evans uh, looked like... It looked like Mike Evans again. Six six receptions, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. So what could you say other than that? I mean, Tampa Bay came to play. Their defense definitely stepped up in a couple times. And, yeah, took it to Minnesota in Minnesota. So, all right, moving right along. We got another division rival uh, matchup that happened yesterday. That was in between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta ended up taking this one 24-10, which really wasn't a shock to me. Um... I thought Carolina was going to struggle, especially early on with Bryce Young. That's definitely what happened. Um, he, you know, Bryce Young, 146 yards, two interceptions, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders did have 18 carries. The Carolina defense did stack four times uh, of of Desmond Ritter, which wasn't shocking to me. Carolina's defense was awesome last year. Here's the thing with Atlanta. Desmond Ritter, 115 yards only passing. Uh, they had a solid rush attack. They had uh, 15 carries for uh, Algier and 10 carries for Robinson and uh, Bijan Robinson, their new weapon, and um, six receptions by Bijan Robinson too. So they've got some new toys there. The thing that I'm really concerned about, and I brought it up in my preseason guys, is can Desmond Reader be the quarterback that they need to to lead this team? They've got skilled players all over the place. Drake London. Didn't even have a catch. I think he had one target. That's a problem, okay? You've got skilled players on that offense that they need to get the football, and 115 yards passing is not going to do it. So Arthur Smith better get something figured out. It's early in the season. I'm going to give him that. But you know what? The NFC South is very winnable. It's a very winnable division. So you know what, Atlanta? 
my hat's off to you. You get started off, but you got some stuff to figure out. You beat up on a bad Carolina team. Okay. Um, keeping in uh, the South, we'll go to an NFC South, AFC South matchup in between Tennessee Titans and the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans ended up winning this one 16-15. A real barn burner there. Really close game. Uh, Tennessee. Ugh. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, 198 yards passing, three interceptions. Uh, Derrick Henry, 15 carries, 63 yards. That's a semi-decent stat. I think the one thing that stood out to me, too, seven receptions for 65 yards on 13 targets for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Seems like they're force-feeding him a little bit there, trying to make... um, trying to make use of that trade that they did for him because the next receiver on that team only had seven targets. Uh, total offense, 285 yards. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the Tennessee Titans. I'm worried. I did bring up in there um, in the preseason that you might want to start looking at. Is it? We got some time, but is it going to be time to just, you know what, move on to Levis, see if he can, you know, Give him learning slash growing pains now and, you know, say goodbye to Ryan Tannehill because I think you're going to say goodbye to Ryan Tannehill next year anyways. Okay. So, here we go. On the New Orleans side, Derek Carr, very solid. 305 yards, five yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Jamal Williams, 18 carries, 45 yards. Chris Olave, look great. Uh, eight reception, 112 yards. I mean, listen, the New Orleans Saints didn't blow out anybody here, but they played the way the Saints like to play. Pretty solid defense, you know what, and enough offense to win, and I think that's what they were looking for. They were looking for a quarterback to come in and spread the ball around and get the ball down the field. Well, Derek Carr can do that for you. I mean, obviously, with 305 yards passing. So, you know what, it's a wait-and-see approach on everybody after week one. But like I said, the NFC South is a very winnable division, and I'm picking the Saints to win. But you know what? We'll see what happens with them in Atlanta here in a couple weeks. All right, move right along um, to the Washington Commanders versus the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you would ask me before the game, I would have said that this would have been a blowout for um, the Washington Commanders. But uh-uh-uh, Arizona said, hey, what about us? It's week one. We've got hope, too. I mean, Arizona was leading in this game at one point, guys, which was really shocking because I don't e- I can't even barely name anybody on the Arizona Cardinals offense. And I'm not, you know, I'm not just being facetious. I really don't know a lot of people on the offense. But here we go. Arizona did put in a pretty solid um, performance defensively. They had six sacks, an interception, and two fumble recoveries. Um the main thing that I'll say is that Dobbs, 132 yards passing. I'm not shocked by that. That's what they're kind of going with when you got Josh Dobbs as a quarterback. I mean, they brought him in like 10 days before the season started. Uh, no wide receiver over 35 yards receiving. Um, Dobbs had three fumbles, and he lost two himself. So I, it just it, it, it was a hurting situation for, for Arizona. Uh, Washington, you know, Sam Howell debuted 202 yards passing. Brian Robinson kind of carried the ball quite a bit. Pretty quiet day overall for for the uh, Washington Commanders skill players, as in Terry McLaurin, I think he had two catches. Jahan Dotson, I think he had four catches. Nothing too crazy, but just very quiet, uh, quiet day for all those guys in Washington. Okay, moving right along. I think we only got a couple games to go here. Let's talk about the 
Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. Now, I've uh, got a couple friends in Denver, so I've been talking to them kind of most of the morning and most of last night about this game to kind of get their perspective on what happened. Um, Las Vegas ended up winning this game 17-16. Las Vegas, I mean, nothing crazy. Uh, 19 carries for Josh Jacobs, 48 yards. They had two sacks. Jimmy G, 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, I think Russell, Russell Wilson, he had 177 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So he definitely looked better under Sean Payton. I think the main thing is here that we're looking at is this stat sheet was so evenly matched. 261 yards total offense for for the Raiders compared to 260 yards total offense for the Broncos. You had 10 penalties for the Raiders, 10 penalties for the Broncos. The score ended up being 17 to 16. I mean, time of possession was very, very even too. So, but the main thing is, is, is the Broncos O-line play. They, and frankly, their D-line play. Because they gave up two sacks, which you're like, at the end of the day, two sacks isn't too much. Yeah, but when you get zero sacks, that's just kind of crazy. Sean Payne uh, starting off the season, his Broncos career with an onside kick. Uh, as somebody put it to me, if he does it and makes it work, he looks like a genius. If not, guess what? He kind of looks like a fool. So, we'll see. Uh, he ended up not getting it, so you might say like, oh, well, PJ, he just looks like a fool there. Well, he, he might, but you know what? I think you... This is a wait-and-see approach with the Broncos. I think you give them time. I think they've got some solid uh, things to go with there. I know Sean Payton has proved it before. He's been there before. He's won before. It's going to take him some time. Russell Wilson's been there before and proved it before, too. So I'm not necessarily out on Denver yet. I'm, I don't know what to say about the Raiders. You know, they... I, I'm just not a big believer in Jimmy G. But, hey, they won. They're 1-0. Uh... And they're actually in the lead of the AFC West right now. So hats off to you guys, Raiders. You guys are looking good. All right. Let's go to one of the games of the afternoon. LA Rams versus Seattle Seahawks. A pretty surprising thing for me here. The Rams beat the Seahawks 30-13. to Stafford went off for 334 yards uh, passing. He had a couple, two receivers with 119 yards receiving each, and that's, mind you, with Cooper Cup uh, being hurt and on the IR to start the season. So, but they had 426 yards total offense. They did have two sacks. Geno Smith for Seattle. Boy, did he fall back to earth. 112 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, he. I think he set a record or I have to double check he had like the most consistent games or most games with two touchdown passes or two or more touchdown passes last season something crazy like that well he fell right back to earth DK Metcalf he had three receptions 47 yards and a touchdown other than that Lockett had a quiet day two receptions 10 yards uh Jackson Smith Nick Jigba three three catches for 13 yards very very quiet day overall for Seattle um and LA just blew it up um, 426 yards total offense, like I said. So there you go. All right, let's go to the game that I probably pay the most attention to, being the guy in Chicago, and that is the Green Bay Chicago game, another uh, division rival game. Um, right off the bat, well, Green Bay cleaned Chicago's clock, 38 to 20 on this one, guys. Um, Love had a great start. 
245 yards, three touchdowns. I, I mean, the Bears, I don't know if they made Aaron Jones unstoppable or Aaron Jones made himself unstoppable. He had two touchdowns, one catching, one throw, or one catching, one running. Uh, until he, I think he got hurt a little later in the game, but until he went out, but he just looked like nobody could stop him. Uh, Luke Musgrave, which I've been hearing about most of the offseason as their pass catching tight end, he looked awesome. 50, uh, four catches, 50 yards receiving. Uh, the Packers had four sacks, uh, and it just goes to show you what I was worried about with this Bears team. Uh, offensive line, defensive line play was was awful it was atrocious it really was uh justin fields had a stat line 216 yards passing one touchdown one interception nine carries for 59 yards and he did lose a fumble you know they traded for dj moore they traded the first round the you know first pick overall for dj moore and i'll tell you what the two times that dj moore touched the ball he looked awesome he looked amazing and but that's all he only touched the ball two times and I don't know if it was because the line couldn't hold up long enough, if the play calling just wasn't played for him, but you've got to figure out a way to get DJ more and more involved in this game, guys. And, I, you know, this is for Luke Getze to figure out because that play calling was very suspect. A lot of screen passes that were just blown up. Green Bay was reading those all day. I mean, you saw him just read it. The defensive lineman would turn around and block and pass before Justin Fields could even get it to the to the running back or the tight end. So, uh, like I said, very suspect play calling and the the O line and D line play very subpar. Chicago, you know, if you had your hopes up for this team, I, I hope you didn't. I I kind of had my hopes kind of quelled. So they've got a lot to prove. They said they will. We'll see what happens. Um, the only thing that I can say about Chicago is at least. They aren't the New York Giants again playing their rival because, ouch, Dallas versus New York game, the primetime game on NBC, Dallas 40, the Giants 0. Ouch is right. Dallas just kept getting the ball. It didn't matter. Two interceptions. And I'll tell you what, Dallas didn't have necessarily a huge um, offensive uh, output, but they didn't need it, man. They blocked one uh, field goal attempt, ran that back for a touchdown. Dak had 143 yards passing. Um, Pollard looked uh, pretty healthy. Uh, you know, he, he had an injury at the end of last season, and he, he came back 14 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns. And here's the other big thing that they did. They just manhandled the Giants and the Giants offensive line. I mean, seven sacks. Yes, you heard that right. Seven sacks. It was pretty unbelievable, really. Um, Jones, Daniel Jones was just abysmal. That's the best way to put it. He had 140 yards passing, two interceptions. He he, he had 13 carries for 43, 43 yards. Uh, there was five fumbles, but they only lost one. But, uh, I mean, come on. You can't put the ball on the ground five times. Jones put the ball on the ground himself two times. Saquon, he looked okay. Uh, 12 carries, 51 yards. Darren Waller, their fresh new weapon that was supposed to be this big game changer. He only got three catches for 36 yards, but that's okay because I just don't think Daniel Jones had any opportunity to throw the ball whatsoever. So, here we go. Let's. Uh, we're going to go on to the Monday night game. So... We've got Buffalo Bills versus New York Jets tonight uh, for Monday Night Football. Uh, 
The Bills are favored as of about 2 o'clock. They were favored about minus 2. And the over-under is 44 and a half. I'm taking the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets in this game. Yes, I am fully drinking that green Kool-Aid from New York. I didn't want, like I said, I didn't watch that much Hard Knocks, but I watched, I guess, enough to start drinking that Kool-Aid with Robert Sala and Iron Rodgers. Uh, I'm taking the Jets straight up to win. Of course, then Jets plus two, and I'm taking the over at 44 and a half. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Just a Guy Talking Football podcast. Thanks again for joining me. I'll do a quick recap of the Monday night game and see how we did yesterday or see how we did today, uh, tomorrow. That is Tuesday. So stay tuned. Appreciate you guys listening to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky. We'll see you soon.